0: And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne, the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slaughtered. In the name of Jesus, amen. You might imagine you're uh, walking through the downtown mall Uh, Maybe in front of the the Omni or one of the the nice restaurants and someone just comes out and grabs onto you, uh, pulls you into a a big ballroom, puts a a flute of champagne in one hand and a a plate of hors d'oeuvres in another at this grand party, but you're not exactly sure what you're there for. It's a little taste of what we get in uh, that part of our, our reading, the, the, the grand celebratory party part of this reading where, where John is led to see this miraculous vision of this grand celebration in heaven with angels and elders and myriads and thousands singing this, this great party song, one that makes it into some of our hymns, power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. What it's all for... That's what we have to look at the verses before, this amazing drama. This amazing drama which is going on in the the heavenly throne room. Again, it's what John the seer, John the divine is, is given to see up in this heavenly throne room. We're told of this scroll. It must be a very, very important scroll because it's written on the front side and on the back side. It has not just one, two, three, four, five or six seals, but it has seven seals. Very, very important. We'll find if we were to keep reading throughout the book of Revelation that this this scroll contains the whole plan of God for history, for setting all things right, for healing all the wounds, and once and for all doing away with death and the devil and sin. But no one's found to be able to open it which is bad because that symbolizes that, that no one actually is control of this plan. No one's actually driving the bus. No one can put this plan into action if no one can open it. And when John finds this out, he sets down his flute of champagne and he, he bursts into tears, which is the only rational thing to do in such a situation until one of his fellow partygoers says, No crying here. Behold, the Lion of Judah. The lion, the lion of Judah, is worthy to open the scroll. And then this. The kind of thing that would be uh, super cool to do in a movie somehow. Behold the lion. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb. The Lion of Judah, John, John looks, expecting maybe something like the uh, the MGM lion in, in full roar, sharp teeth, flexed muscles. But I looked, and I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slaughtered. Mighty lion! Slaughtered lamb. So which is it? Which is it that holds this scroll, this plan, everything in his hands? I put that silly little sketch in your, your bulletin, <laughs> because it's what this lion lamb thing made me think of. probably seen it before. Is it a duck or is it a rabbit? <laughs> Depending on how you look at it, it could be either. Are those the rabbit's ears going one direction, or is that the duck's bill looking up in the other direction? Uh, following some, some social media clickbait, a picture which I couldn't figure out a way to put in the bulletin, um, expands on this. It's not just a picture in which you can see one of two animals, but when it's possible to see like a dozen different animals. And another level, too, this particular clickbait, it's not just an optical illusion, but you're told that the the animal which you see first determines something significant about you. So, for example, I saw a wolf, which means, quote, you are a natural leader and survivor. You are intelligent and fearless and want to carve out your own path, to which I said, well, obviously. If you'd seen a butterfly, that's because you are natural. You have natural grace and beauty, and the ability to get through difficult situations and emerge better than before. And you giggled, and that's kind of the purpose. You see that the the idea of clickbait that is to to flatter you so that you keep clicking. If you were picked a wolf and you were told that something like you are a you are a ravenous predator who only worries about your next meal, (laughs) might be more accurate, but wouldn't keep you clicking. But anyway, it's that, it's that picture, that whether it's the duck, rabbit, or this other clickbait thing, that, that came into my mind at this marvelous scene in revelation of the lion and the lamb. It made me wonder. It made me wonder if perhaps what is being depicted there for us is one of these, what do you see? And what you says, what you see says something about you kind of things. When we think. When we think of what we want to be in control of the universe, opening the scroll, doesn't a lion, a ferocious lion, strong, flexing lion, isn't that the place we go first? Maybe just think in terms of controlling not the whole universe, but your own little sliver of the universe, work, office, school, whatever it might be. If the enemy is inflicting harm on us, don't we want a lion or maybe even be a lion so that we can go about inflicting some harm on them? Roar! I mean, isn't that how you win around here? You flex, you roar, you, you bite, bigger muscles, louder, louder yell, sharper teeth, more power, more smarts, more guns. I think that's kind of the way we go. Yeah, the top of the food chain lion, yes. A pretty fitting symbol the kind of saviors we look for, maybe even the kind of savior we seek to be ourselves. But I looked, says John, expecting a lion, and I saw a slaughtered lamb. And Saul looked, we heard about one Saul in our, our, our first reading. Saul looks, snorting out anger on, his, the, on the Damascus road. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me here? Saul looks up, and what does he expect to see? Saul himself, who had been the roaring, ravenous, tearing lion, snorting out hatred, the one who above all deserved to be torn to shreds and swallowed up in a single bite. But Saul looks and sees. The slaughtered lamb sees Jesus and the lamb speaking through one Ananias. Brother Saul, brother (laughs) Saul, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are clean and I will do with you great things. And Peter looked. We heard about him in our, in our gospel reading. Peter looked on the shores of Galilee. Peter looked at the one whom he had denied, not once, not twice, but three times. And not just that, but after all the barking and all the roaring and all the, I will never ever leave you, I'm the toughest guy around here, I'll be there for you. He looks, and now what? It's time to face the music, right? Now it's time to be roared at, maybe roared straight into hell for denying, for fleeing, for, for cowering. But Peter looked, and he saw a lion or a lamb. You love me, Peter, and I love you. Feed my sheep. You could go right through the big book. (laughs) And little Zacchaeus looked, and what did he see? After cheating so many... Lion or lamb, salvation has come to your house today. The woman caught in adultery, she looked, and what did she see? Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. And you all looked, and what did you see? You coming here this morning laden with, with who knows what, thirsty, weak, lost, and afraid, you and I having snorted out what kinds of hatred, having denied so many in so many ways, having fallen so many times, having hurt so many innocents, you look up expecting, look up deserving a lion. And what do you see? I think I may have told this story but for another purpose before, so I can tell it again. <laughs> uh, 40 years ago, third grade, um, we used to dry, ride our bikes to school. It was only a half mile or so from, um, from where we lived. Edgemont Elementary School. Uh, my sister and I, she's a couple years older, and so we'd ride our, our bikes to school. It was early, early in the year, in the, in the fall, We got about halfway to school, and I realized that I had forgotten something important. I mean, it probably wasn't important. It's third grade. After all, nothing's important. But I thought it was absolutely crucial. And so given how crucial it was, I did what I was absolutely never supposed to do. I left my sister. Turned around my bike, banana seat and all. Turned around the bike, ride back home. I get there. The house is locked. Mom had left already. I can't get in to retrieve whatever it was. Um, that it was important to have. Um, so I knew, of course, this was the end of the world. That um, there would be maybe even literal hell to pay. This is the worst possible thing that could happen. So I did the only thing that a, uh, a rationally thinking eight-year-old boy could do. Um, I found a blanket in the, in the garage, the two-car attached garage, and I uh, cuddled up under this blanket, pulled it over my head, and I figured I would remain absolutely still there until the return of Jesus. So... Uh, <laughs> My neighbor came by. It, it seemed like uh, for, uh, forever, but it was probably 10 or 15 minutes, maybe longer than that. It was pre-cell phone days. The school maybe called her sister and said, you know, my brother didn't show up. So my neighbor comes, Mr. Meyer, I'm absolutely still. Don't move a, don't move an inch. She doesn't see me. Yes. Uh, a little bit later, my, my cousin, Sandy, she must have stopped by on her way to high school. I was able to stay absolutely still again. Uh, and again, I was saved. I was saved. Uh, the, the torment. But then my grandfather, World War II vet, he wasn't gonna be so uh, so easily easily snookered, and it didn't take him too long to realize that this uh, blanket kind of had an odd shape underneath it. I was actually hiding with the pumpkins. That's how that's how I knew it was uh, it was the fall time. It was a blanket covering the pumpkins and me underneath that. So Grandpa Frankie he, he nudges me a little bit with his toe and I let out a ah! <laughs> something like that. And of course I knew that was that was it. There'd certainly be no Halloween return Spider-Man costume, there'd be, there'd be no candy. Um, there'd be torment, likely torture. Uh, Grandpa doesn't say much, he just says, get in, the, get in the car. So I get up, get in the car, old green, suburban. I can remember him backing out the garage, Grandpa was, uh, look, he'd save a penny anywhere, so uh, couldn't, uh, wouldn't pay for luxuries like power steering, so he had one of those handles on the, I still remember him cranking that thing out the, the back, maybe of that and we go off to, we go off to Edgemont Elementary, and I'm assuming this is, this is, this is it. Uh, imagine the roar of the teachers. Mr. Hale, the, the principal, he's going to come out. He's going to he's going to tear me to bits. Who knows? Grandpa says, "You just sit here and I think." Oh, of course. Now he's going to bring out the whole pride of lions from the school, and there'll be a, a gauntlet for me to run through. Oh man, what's good? the terror which is going to come? Five minutes later, Grandpa comes out with just a couple of couple of pages. Uh, my homework, I presume it was. He sits down in the car and he says. You think it's too early for a happy meal? <laughs> oh. I expected the lion. It's the end. I deserved the lion. I'd forgotten this important thing. I hid. I, mean, I was how terrified my my parents must have been. But instead of a, a lion, I got a lamb. McDonald's and Tom and Jerry. I expected the lion. Instead, I got the lamb. And you looked up and saw we coming here this morning again with who knows what, the weak, the lost, the afraid, with so many hatreds and denials, too many falls, so many innocents, hurt, having hidden them in so many pumpkins. You look up expecting, you look up deserving, indeed, a lion. But behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You and I look up expecting, deserving a lion. Maybe that's because we get in so much other parts of our life. You look up expecting a lion, but behold, the lamb slaughtered for you, raised up for you. All is forgiven you. You see why they're having the party. (laughs) That's a reason for a party. When you're expecting a lion, and instead you get a lamb when it dawns on you that the most important thing in the world is that your god the strong lion jesus the one through whom all that is 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 not a lion for you but he's a lamb instead of a roarer he is a wooer. instead of a terror a parter he's a forgiver he's one who embraces the breakers and the broken alike what a party one more thing thinking about this too so you're dragged into this party dragged off the street to this, this crazy party. Now you know why everyone's whooping it up, because in fact the lion is for you a lamb. But as you're down in your second flute of, uh, of champagne and enjoying an extra helping of the, uh, I don't know, bacon-wrapped scallops or something like that, this question occurs to you. You're thinking of this lion and the lamb. You say, I wonder what people see when they look at me. I wonder if when they look at me, they see a lion or whether they see a lamb. It occurs as you, maybe as you're joining in one of those, those party songs, that, that there's someone in your life, someone, of course, who maybe they really deserve uh, a, a lion, and you'd be fully within your rights to, to flash your teeth at them. But then you wonder, what would the world look like? What would your little sliver of the universe look like? What do you think might happen if when someone, that someone, were to come to you looking for, expecting, deserving a lion? If instead, you were to them a lamb. Two things to finish with. One thing. One thing, if my little story about my grandfather... Is any indication. One thing is, is that they might never forget it. I remember, <laughs> I remember. I think I try to think of this. I think I remember three things from my eight-year-old year. I remember the Pac-Man cake my mom made for my birthday party. <laughs> I remember having a crush on this little girl named Stella Adams. <laughs> and I remember my grandfather being to me a lamb instead of a lion. So if you treat someone like a lamb instead of a lion, that's the first thing they may never forget it. And I guess kind of related to that, the second thing is, it just might change them forever. But that's exactly what happened to St. John, and to Paul, and to Peter, and to Zacchaeus, and to that woman, and to you. They looked, you looked expecting a lion, deserving a lion. And you got a lamb. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.